Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Cradle to the Grave. It's a movie I haven't seen before, but it does have a lot of really good action in it. And so- oh, wait a second. Oh, no. My mistake. I'm thinking of a completely different movie. Yeah, totally. Very different. Yeah. I we almost watched rewatched ex- that this week. <laughs> we watched Exit Wounds. Uh, I don't really know that there is a double entendre in that title. I think the movie would like there to be one, but uh, it doesn't quite work that way. So it's got Steven Seagal, so Seagal, Tober, Timber, whatever is sort of uh, <laughs> sort of blending together. Seagal there. Fall. Yeah. We should have <laughs> yes. called Seagal Fall. That, that, yeah. that even rhymes. It's a fall. Dude. There we go. All right. Fuck, yeah. dude. All right. Yeah. All right. Cut All right. that. Don't tell them I just came up with it now. Just yeah, pretend right. we've been okay. doing it the whole time. We're going to copyright that. That's a production company that makes a Bigfoot movie. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to find 12 Seagal movies a year, dude. He makes that 12 attitude. a year. What yeah. the fuck are you right, talking actually. about? Yeah. Made. <laughs> Anyway, he's not dead yet. Uh, Parker, before we get into this film of sorts, do we have any news? No. It's all the same oh. bullshit. Oh. Oh, okay. I mean, like, every <laughs> news story is like, oh, what's all this outrage about? Oh, this doesn't seem real. Who cares? Oh, they're making a new Hellraiser. What's that? They cast a trans woman to be Pinhead. Yeah, it's Hellraiser. Who cares? Yeah. That whole movie uh, is just, like, violent and horny. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Apparently, uh... Clint Eastwood got canceled over something he said at the 1973 Academy Awards. <laughs> That'll teach him. <laughs> after, uh, after what, what, her, what was her name? Little Feather or whatever accepted the Oscar in place of uh, fucking Marlon Brando. And, uh, Is that the dinosaur from Land Before Time? <laughs> <laughs> all he's ever done since then is like direct and act whatever he wants. Say, dude. <laughs> No, I heard it. I just don't want to acknowledge it. I, I, I almost petered out. I was like, oh, I'm going to see this through. I've already started. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Next week's episode, Gran Torino. Yeah, this, this time it's, we're going to say it. Yeah, it's one of those cancellation things where it's like everyone's going to forget about it by tomorrow. So who cares? Uh, let's get into our... He was already canceled, honestly. Like, right. How, yeah. how is Clint Eastwood, of all people? Believe it or not, the the one that they canceled, or I don't I don't really like the word. It's kind of stupid. The one that attracted a lot of controversy was the empty chair bit that he did at the RNC, which should have attracted controversy just for being the most spectacularly <laughs> failed bit I've seen since Such Michael a Richards. Good bit, dude. It's so good. <laughs> which, by the way, was his backup bit. He was just like, I don't know if they've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cool. He's a... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's try that again. He's a... There it is. <laughs> thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, thank you. All right. Well, next week's episode. <laughs> All right, let's get into our uh, jerks of the week. I'll let you guys go first. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. You can have it, Alex. <laughs> I'm going to save mine for my section, because it's related. Okay. Oh, really? 
Oh. Yeah, sorry, Parker. Um, you gotta talk. It's just that, yeah. like, all of this shit with Sean Gruden is just this fucking smokescreen to take away from the fact that Jalen Hurts is clearly the best player in the league at any <laughs> position. The media won't talk about it, and now we have to deal with all this bullshit and stepping down and who's gonna take a spot. It's bullshit. Fly, Eagles, fly. The best team in the NFL. Didn't they see what happened to that Panthers team? What a domination in that fourth quarter. <laughs> You know what's weird is like every single time we talk about the two, count them, two Eagles posters in our Discord, they shit posted so much more than the 49ers uh, shit posters did when the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. And there were like lost two dozen that. of them. Yeah, there was like a ton of them. And they, they lost the Super Bowl. They were an actual good team. And this is before the Eagles had anyone. They're just like, yeah, I believe in Jalen. Look at him. This article came out that he, that he shows up to work early. <laughs> Damn, dude. We used to have three Eagles posters, and one of them doesn't use our Discord anymore. And it's unfortunately the only funny one. Weird how quiet they've been the last couple weeks. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they so humble busy, and defeat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my uh, mine also ties into the John Gruden thing. Uh, my jerk of the week is that one guy whose name I didn't look, but I just saw it and just got like purple with rage. It's like his name is Deuce. It's like how have you not heard of Deuce Gruden? <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Actually, like I'm so much madder that all this other shit came out because it really takes away from how funny this is. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> That sounds right. like an El Presidor name. Because I was going to call him that for the rest of my life, and now I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, for the record, uh, the quote, the tweet that I wanted to attribute to the now deceased Eagles poster from our Discord is uh, Phoebe Bridgers tweeting, holy shit, fuck ACL, and him replying with Corel Buckhalter every training camp, which absolutely <laughs> slayed me. <laughs> One of the funniest tweets from somebody I I've ever seen in my life. Shit, that's really <laughs> Because, like, the absolute nerve to fire that off, thinking anybody remembers Corel Buckhalter. But also, oh my God. we yeah. all remember Corel Buckhalter. <laughs> oh, this is the stuff we remember. <laughs> Could not tell you what I had for breakfast today. But uh, I, I mean that three that ACL just harkens back. That just harkens back to that trivia thing. Back when we were doing in person trivia, there was something about like a Cardinals running back, and we were we we just had nothing. It was like who's the Cardinals running back? And Josh texted you, Parker, and, and it was like, and Parker immediately responded without even thinking. Beady Wells, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, the worst. Josh and I were like <laughs> on the floor laughing. If you ask me about Sam Hurd, I'll just enter a fugue state and start talking for ten minutes. <laughs> But I will be goddamn if I fucking tell you my dad's birthday without yeah. three guesses. It's a real problem. You see, Patrick Creighton was a utility receiver, buddy. If he made that fucking catch on fourth down, made it further to the playoff, it's fine. Yeah, and then the Bengals signed him to replace Chris Henry, who, uh, well, you know. Well, we all so. know. Okay, well. <laughs> we can do this tonight. That was, that was our worst of jerks of the week. I deleted that sound clip. So now let's get into <laughs> what we watched recently. Alex has mentioned this in the past, and Parker and I have largely agreed that horror and comedy don't tend to mix very well. So when I sat down and I watched Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, I should have known that it wasn't really going to stand out in any sort of way. It's a mockumentary sort of thing. 
it takes place in a universe where Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Freddy Krueger are all real. And uh, I know what you're thinking. Wow, that doesn't interest me in the slightest. Me neither, but it's on the list, and I've got a brain disorder. So in this one, there's a fourth guy, Leslie Vernon, who's like an up-and-coming masked serial killer that's being followed around by this uh, fucking news crew. And one thing that did sort of interest me, or at least made my ears perk up, is this takes place in Glen Echo, Maryland, which I visited when I was a kid. Uh, I think they had like some sort of park there or something like that. Alex, did you ever did you ever hear about that, Glen Echo? Maybe. Oh. I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. I, I just remember going there, and I was just like, oh, it's all outside? There's no electronics? What the fuck? Like, where are the games? <laughs> That's all I can think about. I just, oh, wow, look at the glass blowing. Isn't that fun? Wow, I bet Sonic could run really fast out here. Yeah. Oh, this fucking blows. Anyway, so I watched it, and for the most part, it was like the mockumentary stuff I kind of like because it's different, but then it just turns into a generic slasher at the end, and it, was, it just wasn't very funny, and... If you're going to do comedy and horror, you have to mix it a little bit better than that. There are precious few horror comedy movies that actually work, and Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, unfortunately, does not work. But there are other movies on the list that do work, such as Angel Heart. Oh, hell <laughs> yeah, so dude. Jealous. Dude. <laughs> Lou Cipher. <laughs> Lou Cipher is an all-time movie character name. It was a little uh, disconcerting to see that this movie was actually good. Uh, I was kind of not prepared for that. I had a really good time. There, there are some parts that were, uh, I guess they sort of took me out of it. When he kills that one guy with gumbo. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> he does kill that guy with gumbo, though. Come again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you heard us right. Wait, Parker, have you not seen this? <laughs> no, I just assumed it was going to be an episode soon. <laughs> it, Alex it could it. be. I do think that... Um, it's too good. I do think that The Devil's Advocate is both a better movie and a better episode, but Angel Heart is, is actually pretty good. It made me want to read the book because the entire time I was watching it, I was just like, oh, they're going so fast over this part that in the book I'd be able to like you know really get better detail for this sort of thing. But it's very well acted. Uh, it's very well shot. It's very well written. Uh, this is an actual good movie that is still... Pretty silly in parts. So, yeah, the, the, Parker, this it's is a good meld, you know. This is not going to convince you that it's a good movie, but it's like the exact middle point of The Devil's Advocate and Max Payne. Oh, fuck yeah. I thought this Except, was going to be like, an episode. Okay, good. I'll just I'll have to listen. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, a good, that's actually a good comparison, or a good way to put it, because like The Devil's Advocate is mostly good with some incredibly stupid moments. This is like halfway really good and halfway. What the fuck am I looking at? You know, it, and this really that's should have been an HBO show. Like it really should. I agree. Be. Yeah, yeah. Like the way so, it looks and everything, I can't believe they didn't jump all over that. But I guess yeah, eighties or whatever this came out. You know. So I, I'm still lacking behind both Parker on the list, and I think my dad because he's also watched Angel Heart and was telling me about it. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. What did he, did he uh, have to say? Yeah, yeah. Did Did your dad tell you about uh, how he's always known that Robert De Niro was the devil? <laughs> Actually, well, believe you know, it or not, I don't think he mentioned. I don't think he mentioned that. So uh, maybe he didn't figure it out. Uh, well, anyway, I decided I try to catch up with you two by watching another movie from the list called The Last Man on Earth, and this starts Vincent Sorry, Price. Tom Hanks. And, no, I have to tell you, man. Right off the bat, I'm having a good time because the idea that Vincent Price is the last man left alive, I'm like, okay, I'm in favor of that. He's the only one who deserves to live. He's just sort of wandering around his house, and he has to keep all the machinery running and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because it shows just what you would have to do to survive if you were the last man running things on Earth. And then the more and more I watch it, it's just like, 
oh wait a second this is that will smith movie so yeah correct yeah (laughs) uh it's still good. I, I still actually had a lot of fun with this, and it kind of made me think, well, maybe the book is better. In fact, almost certainly the book will be better than this. But, I mean, it's it's still Vincent Price, so he's still good in just about everything that he does, and he's especially good in this one. I, I actually think that this is one of his more underrated outings, so if you haven't seen it, watch The Last Man on Earth. It's actually really good. Um, now, I had an opportunity tonight to go to the Alamo and watch Shaun of the Dead on the big screen. But I turned it down in favor of a similar movie called Cockneys vs. Zombies. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Chris, I will remind you that you chose the bad option. This is entirely of your own doing. Yes, yes. Uh, well, I'd like to report, I'd like to open up a ticket with this, uh, because I unfortunately chose the good option. Cockneys vs. Zombies is actually a pretty decent movie. Oh, wow, I was real? not. I was not <laughs> expecting this. Because there are so many, like, X versus Zombies movies, or, like, a zombie musical, or, or zombie this, zombie that. There's too many zombie movies, and I hear, Cockneys versus Zombies, we're really digging deep now. We really are getting desperate. I, I was actually having a pretty decent time here. Uh, I right. think maybe one of the reasons here, because this should not work on paper. Because this is a British movie. When I hear Cockneys versus Zombies, my first thing is like, well, they clearly must have filmed this in, like, New York or something and had people do, like, fake British accents. And, like, Alex is going to go out there with a wig and do, like, the, the falsetto voice Hello. or something, right? And no, it's British people lampooning themselves. But they're doing it in such a way that it's, like, every American stereotype of Cockney people and Cockney accents. I'm just like... <laughs> Why are they doing this? And I, the thing is, I can't think of a of a good American analog for this because I, there's no cultural distance between me and America. I've been an American as long as I've been alive, but for Britain, it's like I know all the stereotypes that they just kind of go for it. Just like, yeah, you think we do this? Yeah, we'll do it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's actually pretty well written. Uh, it it does work in terms of the writing, which is the last thing I expected. So I talked earlier about comedy and horror not mixing. I think what you have to do is make it a comedy first and then, like, sprinkle in horror later. You can't just make it horror and then, like, oh, a little bit of comedy, huh? Isn't this stereotypical of zombie movies? Like, they just don't do that, you know? Uh, who's, the, who's the best written character? It, it, this doesn't have any actors that you're ever going to see in anything ever again. But, uh, I don't know, maybe that's for the best. Uh, it's this small little production, and, uh, I don't know, I had a relatively good time with it. It was only 84 minutes, too, so... Oh, there uh, you go. Maybe that's why. So uh, thank you for Cockneys vs. Zombies. Shenron, I've outwitted you, uh, you lizard. <laughs> you don't want to tell him that. <laughs> oh, God. I take it back. So uh, one more here. Um, a buddy of mine was, uh, we were doing like a work chat sort of thing, and we we had nothing left to do. We had finished off most of our operators. We were just doing uh, various tasks for the overnight. And he had on in the background, Hey Arnold. I was just like, oh, I used to watch that when I was a kid. I'm like a little bit older than he is. But he was just like, yeah, you know, the show's pretty good. And uh, I heard it in the background. I was just like, boy, you know what? The more and more I think about it, Hangar was actually a really good show. Like, it was really well characterized. It, it was, had some depth to it. The music was really great. There was some pretty good writing. Hangar actually kind of ruled. So I was like, I'll look it up and everything. And I had seen the, the movie back in like 2002 or whatever when it came out. And it wasn't very good, but I, was, I remember it. But then I realized they made a, another movie for Hey Arnold that came out in 2017. It was called Hey Arnold, The Jungle Movie. Did I talk and about this on the show? The f- I don't remember. The, uh, no, this came out in 2017. No, I've seen this. Like, You've seen recently. this? I just don't think I've really? talked about it. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, so I, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm not trying to. Oh no! Them. All right, well this this fucks up my tr- my uh, true or false quiz <laughs> for. Uh, but well, it's okay, I lied. Parker. I did not see. Yeah, it. I was talking. Oh, about okay, it. yeah. Well, uh, well, Parker, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie uh, was released in 2017, and I'll tell you right off the bat, it it ages up the characters, but not like 10 years. They're not in like college or anything. They're just like. 12 or 13 years old and the basic premise is hey arnold is still looking for his parents and he goes to uh, a fictional south american country to look for them now as i was watching this uh i had some questions here that i've written up for you um let me see if i can uh find these here really quick what do we uh, get the correct answer I'm not asking you. I'm asking Parker. Oh, what's uh, the, so what's the I have the answer? same. I have the same question. Parker, if you win, if you get, uh, if you get a good grade on this test, young man, then I will let you assign me a movie. Like D's for degrees, or what? What are we dealing with here? I yeah, D's for the degrees. How about that? Right. Yeah, yeah, it got right. me so far. All right, here we go. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> anyway, uh, Harold, the Jungle movie, which, by the way, nothing at all like Ernest Goes to Africa. So just well, it's get that out of your mind, Chris. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> completely different. Don't think about the cover of that poster. Don't, even though I'm going to send it to you at your new place. Okay. Well, let's just ask the question: Which hair on character will wear blackface? <laughs> we already know, it's but I'm not going to give it. A- it's clearly Eugene. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> no, 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 uh, Alex. Willingly wear blackface. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, not have it put on in the police. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eugene, we need you to wear a blackface so we can get out of this. Oh, I don't know, guys. And they just smatter it on the face. Harold and Stinky <laughs> holding him down and putting a shoe <laughs> He goes out there and sings a song. Old Man River. Say it, he won't cut it. He has more restraint than Parker, I do. Parker, Parker, Parker. Yes, true sir. or false? I'm just starting off pretty easy here. True or false? Mm-hmm. Arnold's surname is revealed to be Short Man. True. Correct. I knew that for uh, some reason. I passed by this movie approximately 45 times and went, I should watch this, and then just not. Okay. True or false? The fan theory regarding Pigeon Man's apparent suicide is confirmed. True? False. Sorry. Oh he actually appears in this. One of the reasons they made this movie is because Greg Bartlett didn't want people to think that Pigeon Man killed himself. So he, <laughs> part of the reason they made this is just to have Pigeon Man come back and say, ah, I'm alive. And in Paris. Okay, true or false? Helga G. Pataki experiences an orgasm. Okay, now, when you say that, I'm going to say false. True. God damn it, I knew it. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say it though. True or false? Olga has become an alcoholic like her mother. Oh, that's got to be true. False. She uh, attends so, the uh, vacation or the field trip like with them. I don't know why. On the field trip. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of stupid. I'm watching this, this fucking teenager have her first <laughs> orgasm, but this bitch can't drink. Are you serious? Yeah. All right. Uh, true or false? Stoop Kid takes up residence at the state legislature's steps. Oh my god, I hope that's true. That is, in fact, true. I want to give that one to you. This movie sounds weird. Uh, true or false? Gr- true or false? Grandma says a slur. Ooh. <laughs> I'll try to think. Like, she's old, too, so they could really dig deep and somebody would have to Google. I'm going to go true. Let's go for it. That's 
technically false. Oh, that wait, let's go to the judges. Alex, she calls Arnold Kimba at one point and oh, presents God. him with a spear. Does this count? <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. I thought she called Ernie a midget. That's not a slur. He's short. Judges? Who's this to say? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that one. Anyway, uh, let's see. Let's say. Uh, true or false? Mr. Wynn is now voiced by an American instead of a Vietnamese man. Oh, I hope not, but also probably. Unfortunately, that is in fact true. I'm going to give that one to you because the original guy died. So they they said instead oh, of finding well. a Vietnamese guy, let's get this American. Now <laughs> can't find any other Vietnamese yeah. guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. True or false? Ernie Hud- True or false? Ernie Hudson replaces Lou Rawls as Harvey the Mailman. Yeah, I feel like you could pay Ernie Hudson to do that. We could pay Ernie Hudson okay. to intro this Te- show. That's technically false, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because he was cast in that role, but then they decided to cut all of Ernie Hudson's lines under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> uh, <laughs> true or false? <laughs> what a trick question in there. I don't know. I felt like it. True or false? Their teacher, Mr. Simmons, is revealed to be gay. This is 2017. False. It's true. Sorry. I just assumed this aired on Nickelodeon. Yeah. They would have gotten angry emails about it. Yeah. True or false? Curly, the he's the kid with the glasses and like the black hair, uh, utilizes psychedelic drugs in South America. Oh my god! I hope so. False. He's just like what? that. <laughs> wow. I, I could totally you know see a scene where he licked his toe. Like yeah. I am. Yeah. I envisioned it within seconds. I'm already on a trip right All now. Right, let's see if I can help him here. All right. Uh, true or far? True or false? Arnold cries. True. Yeah. Obviously. Also, did you cry? Yeah. No. Uh, true or false? <laughs> Weezen Ed comes back, but not that other guy. <laughs> False. The other guy comes back too. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to you. False. Neither one of them come back. <laughs> true or false? Arnold brings a pig on a plane. Oh, gotta be true. Yeah. Don't say false. It's true. a boat. I'll no, that. Freak uh, no, out. unfortunately, <laughs> no. He brings. Yeah. Yeah. He brings a pig on both. I should give you double points for that. All right. Sorry, uh, it's, it's an homage to Jungle Cruise, actually. Okay. <laughs> true or false? Helga kisses Brainy. Brainy is the guy who in the background goes. Like, oh, I know who Brainy. Just make it sure, so. just make it sure, like, what are the people I'm listening to? I'm going to say true. We deserve true. that closure. Uh-oh. All right. We deserve that. Make things a little bit more difficult here. True or false, someone gets a poison dart to the forehead and fucking dies. <laughs> false, because it hits him in the butt. False, he gets a poison dart to the head and lives. <laughs> <laughs> so you you get that one. You, you get also, it. who is it? <laughs> uh, it was the bad guy in the thing. Yeah. Um, I was hoping to be Harold. True or false, uh, Arnold reunites with his parents. False. Oh, that one was actually true. Uh-oh. Oh, I assume they were we dead. go to the board and... <laughs> no, he, uh, oh. they got turned to stone and he cries on them like Pikachu and they come back to <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, Pika- no uh, Pikachu really is gone. not in this one, but uh, Parker, I want you to tell you what. For the final round to see if you actually get this, because I gotta tell you, this score is really close. This is like a... This is like an E plus D minus range right here. Let's see if I can give this one to you. Tell me exactly what is going on in this scene. All right, class, settle. I know you're all excited about the last year of school, but get ready for even more exciting news. Is it that I can do this? (laughs) (laughs) 
You're gonna need a clue here, dude. I was I was making a salad when this happened, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I I rewind it. See what he did. What the fuck, Parker? What is Harold doing in this scene? It's like you know they're in class, so like you know that that kind of narrows the. uh, Yeah, he's in class. Does it? Does it narrow it down? It sounds unholy. Sounds like something from Hellraiser. He's probably not sucking his own dick. That's all. Okay, I'm gonna go making a weird face, pencils in nose and or ear. Damn it, we go to the judges. Uh, actually, he's making a weird face, opens his mouth really wide, and sticks both his hands down his throat. Uh, <laughs> you know, fingers have been referred to as the pencils of the body. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead well, and give it to him. Why would he shove his little hands down his mouth? Parker, tell you what, I'm feeling merciful. You, you get a free movie assignment that you I can give me whatever you want. Play it again. Uh, Okay. <laughs> all right, class, settle. Get drink on the news. You're all excited about the last year of school, but get ready for even more exciting news. Is it that I can do this? You know the best part about it is Parker. It's got that sound effect that you and I always talk about, where he's like, he's like, he's like and you can hear the the, the chair screech as he says, <laughs> "Oh shit!" <laughs> Holy fucking shit! <laughs> so yeah, uh, the movie is under eighty minutes. If you want to check this out, <laughs> I'm going to watch that scene on loop. <laughs> Like a great text oh, message sound. Yeah. That's why I was I was like freaking out over voice mod. I was like, God, I hope they let me play that shit because I need them to tell me what the fuck is happening here. Oh, sorry. I have to take this. <laughs> now, uh, I only watched one more thing, but I think that Alex should uh, talk about it. Alex, how much time do you have to die? Uh, not enough, apparently. Or too much, depending on your unit of measure. Um, so, uh, you also watch this, Chris? Yeah, I went to the Alamo. Okay, yes. well, uh, let me let me say this before, as a preface to our discussion of this movie. Parker, mm-hmm. you know that feeling you get when, like, some dumbass normie reminds you that Mike McCarthy's the, uh, the Cowboys coach? Vividly. Chris, you know that feeling you get when somebody finds out that you like movies and they're like, Oh yeah, well, you didn't know, do you know about H.P. Lovecraft's cat? Yeah. So that's where I'm at with the, you know, uh, Daniel Craig didn't want to be James Bond in this movie. Like, every fucking time I hear that, like, oh, wow, man, it really sucks that you have to go be hot and make $100 million to be the coolest character in cinematic history. Like, I feel so bad for you. Like, real real shame that you signed that five-movie contract to be this guy. I feel absolutely terrible for you, man. And, like, so many people bring it up. You can't see any discussion about this movie without anybody going. In Daniel Craig's last, uh, last installment as James Bond... Wink, wink, because he doesn't want to do it anymore. It's like, shut the fuck up, guys. We get it. Anyway, um, that's my jerk of the week. Daniel Craig. Or, or the media. Your pick. I... Uh, actually, you know, I read a little bit more about this. Apparently one of the big reasons that he didn't want to do this anymore is because of his wife, who I believe is Rachel Wise. 
Uh, apparently, yeah, uh, I did not know that. So uh, lucky him and lucky her. Uh, apparently, on the last movie, I believe it was Spectre, he injured his knee, or as he put it, I knackered me knee, and he didn't want to be in, <laughs> didn't want to be in James Bond anymore because she said that he was uh, lying in bed next to her. And just, boy, that's a visual. And uh, they were just he was like screaming in agony because of all the pain, and all the stunts, and all the workouts and stuff. Because the dude's like pretty old now for james bond he's, not the oldest james he's bond. like mid 50s he's not that old for james bond believe it or not i think he's only 51 if i were to yeah. put a number on it and something so he's not technically the oldest i think what is the oldest was 58 or something like that i, I, don't, I don't know i'm not gonna I think i'm not gonna put this on there yeah that, yeah i think i think you're right yeah uh but uh, apparently he's like it's a little too hard to do the workouts now it's a little too hard to keep up with the stunts it's it's just not easy for me at my age. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. So maybe she's the reason. So that is, unfortunately, I went to the trivia section, like, oh, maybe I'll learn an interesting fact. Half of it is just like, you know, he didn't want to do this, but they were able to get him back. I, I think they just waved the contract in front of him and said, eh, twisted eh. his arm there. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like three wheelbarrows of money instead of two? Okay, yeah. yes, Mr. Craig, whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, so overall, how did you feel about the movie, Alex? So I really liked it. I really really liked it um i don't i i think it's probably the third best craig movie but there's a huge huge gap yeah between yeah. this and the bad two although after watching this i walked out the theater and was like maybe i should give specter another shot which is that's nice, what i was thinking yeah the <laughs> nicest thing that i could ever say about specter because yeah. what a boring movie but um so we're now on what three movies in a row where like the underlying theme is do we really need james bond and the answer is yes keep making these like we're gonna yeah. see it like stop like like so go ahead yeah i so i i have a friend at work who uh did not like this movie at all he uh he didn't have a good time he was the only person in the theater who was texting me the entire time like god why is it so long i don't want to watch this i'm just like okay tell you My what I'll, I'll give this a shot i want to go so uh, I, I watched the Patriots, and by the time that they were losing 22 to 9 to the Texans, I was just like, yeah, fuck this. So I went to the Alamo, and I watched it, and when I came out, they, uh, they had won the game. So uh, next time we're losing to an awful team, I'm just going Thanks, to go James. watch a James Bond movie. Uh, yeah, you saved the day once again, 007. Uh, actually, he's not 007 in this one. Uh, they got a, a new actress in there uh, whose name escapes me, but I thought she was really good. In Great fact, uh, this is this is going to sound kind of weird, but like, why not just make her the next James Bond? I like right, her that's, a lot. That's fighting words, dude. What? Okay, look, look. <laughs> let, I have to plant my flag in the sand here because I have All been right. this like the person this whole time. It's like, yeah, you know what? Give Superman a big old girl dick. I don't care. Like, none of this fucking matters. James Bond's yeah. maybe the one character where it matters for me. Like, I, I this think, is okay. I, I I actually like I I thought about this a lot over the past couple weeks because you know mm -hmm. uh, Bond movies coming out all the yeah. discourse. You know, it's like yeah, yeah why don't the little lady do it? And then Craig had the comment like, well, why don't they just give her a better character than James Bond? Which you know, it's a good point. That's good correct. Point. Like, you yeah, know, what, actually, you I, this character, yeah, this character. You sucks. know, the more I think about it, it's like yeah, I guess it is like a male character. You can't really have a woman doing the same stuff here and still have it be James And it's, it's not I, even just that it's that. It's like, it's okay to let the fellas have this one. Like... Yeah. Like... I, We've had a lot, but this is, like, the one that yeah, we really yeah, need. Yeah, yeah, This you know? is the one. Like, like, like you know, you know the, the, the famous <laughs> meme picture of the couple at divorce court splitting up the Beanie Babies? 
<laughs> like James Bond is the first Beanie Baby I'd pick up. Yeah, this like, this that, is, like the racial draft and like the fictional character draft. We gotta be James Bond. Right, that's in our like, top like, three first picks. And like I, I'm like I'm I'm like not even doing this as like a bit. Like I actually like feel this way. Like you gotta like no like, no no I agree. Like I don't want everything, but I would like to have at least one. You know, and if there's gonna be one, it's this yeah. one. Like yeah, it, it matters to me at least. Like. I don't care who you cast. Like, I don't care how fucking British they are. I mean, all of the, like, lore stuff, like, whatever. But, like, we are at, what, 60 years of lore at this point? Like, maybe more. Oh, my God. Like, so I decided I would I would look up who this uh, actress is that I like so much that I would cast her as the new James Bond. Uh, it turns out her name is Lashana Lynch, mm-hmm. uh, and she was in Captain Marvel, a movie I've never seen. So That is true. Yeah. I've also yeah. never seen that <laughs> And apparently in uh, pre-production for Matilda the Musical. That sounds like fun. Uh, uh, okay. uh, no more right, yeah. Gentlemen's agreement. Yeah. Gentlemen's <laughs> agreement. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I I'll, My point here is that I think Lashana Lynch is very good in this movie. Correct. I think she's, she's really good. Yeah. And that one of my bigger points about this movie is I think this is my favorite collection of Bond women. And it's not just Lashana Lynch. Uh, it's, it's also... Uh, Anadarmas, who is in this movie for about eight minutes, and they are easily the best eight minutes of the movie. Like, so yeah, I'd actually like to address this because, boy, this, this I have to admit, this kind of goes against type for you, Alex. So uh, you usually say things that are sort of against the popular sentiment, but literally everyone is saying Anadarmas in this movie is easily the best part, and they wish that she was in the entire thing. Unfortunately, I, I, you and I are both agreeing with the majority here. She is the best part of the movie, and she mean? really needs to be in far more than five minutes. So, of this. so I, yeah. I wonder if there'd be diminishing returns if she's in a lot more than that because it's such a fucking heat check eight minutes of movie and like she's gone out of her way like in like all the press junkets and stuff before this movie being like don't call me a bond girl i'm not a bond girl in the same way that monica bellucci did before specter yeah but uh (laughs) this is my favorite bond girl performance and i'm gonna use those words and i don't care because those words are a positive in this environment not a negative no one's calling me when we're talking about this movie yeah like this is not an ursula undress walking out of the ocean in a bikini sort of thing she's really it's beyond being the badass the don't need no man sort of thing she's what she is is she's fun she she kind of reminds me of like a cartoon character. She's she's got this wide eyed uh, not just innocence but like exuberance. She's having fun. She is happy to be in this movie. And I'm, she's great with a gun. She's great with her feet. It's fantastic. Parker, just what? Yeah. Just, <laughs> can't say the F word in his presence. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Now? Is oh, that one guy with a broken one. dick still listening to the episode? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You gotta upload before it heals, though. Right. Yeah. Just, eight, point, yeah. just eight minutes, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, eight minutes out of two hours forty is uh yeah un- under yeah, for sure. But uh, what, what what hurts is that it's a solid eight minute block and she never shows up again. If she had shown up at the very end of the movie, then it I think I'd like it even a little bit more. Like that. I'm well, unfortunately, that, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's, that's what they do. But like, I'm glad you yeah. used the word cartoon character to describe her because I think as somebody who has seen every single Bond movie, like cartoon characters in Bond movies are so fucking integral to making them work. That's like, like mm-hmm. the, the scientist that the bad guy captures is just like this comic-y Russian guy. And like, yeah, he doesn't need to be funny. He doesn't need to do anything. I just need there to be a comic-y Russian scientist in this movie. Like that. It, yeah. It's, it's like that it, one guy, was it, was it in Goldeneye or one of the other ones? One of the Prozzan yeah, ones, a guy yeah, who was like, constantly yeah, Boris, pencil yeah, or yeah, pen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that he's guy. Yeah, the yeah. And he's got the explosive yeah. pen. It's one of yeah, my, that that's guy. one of my favorite scenes in the Bond movie. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's, yeah. 
unbelievably good. Like how yeah. how a well written and how extremely Bond that scene is. And like yeah. that is one thing that like this movie deserves all the credit in the world for because like even though Daniel Craig is like playing Bond as if he's old and tired and like doesn't want to be doing any of this, like the look of disgust on his face when he has to deliver a one-liner makes it work so well within the, the character. Like, every single yeah. one-liner in this movie got me, and it's all Daniel Craig's facial acting. Like one Yeah, part of it is like, Parker, I don't mean to, you know, spoil this one, but he has a watch that at one point uh, blows up a fake eyeball on a guy's head <laughs> that, like, explodes I his brain. And, and the guy, and he tells Q, and I swear to God, he said to your like, yeah, I showed him your new watch. Really blew his mind. <laughs> uh, but that takes place during the climax in the last third of the movie, and that's one of the best climaxes I've seen in a while. That part with the stairs and the gun, that was fantastic. That's, I loved that it. That shot is uh, unbelievable. And you can tell, yeah. like, if, if, you, if you go through the director's previous work, including the shot from True Detective Season 1 that everyone talks about. It's like, yeah, that's... Yeah, oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. God, oh, yeah, I fucking I mean, love I mean, that yeah. That's, like... Yeah, yeah that, that one deserves the Sean McVay treatment. I understand. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the, speaking of, like, uh, cartoon characters, there's cartoon vehicle physics in this one, which I have to admit, when you're watching, you're just like, oh, come on, you can't do that. But you're thinking, it's Tim Spartan, what do I care? <laughs> Keep doing it. <laughs> Nobody's watching this movie going, hey, wait a minute, you couldn't do that. Like, it's James yeah. Bond. It's still there, there. I have to admit, maybe I'm not as big of a Bond fan as you are, although I do, for the most part, like Bond movies. But when he just tells Q, yeah, hack into Spectre's eyeball, and Q's just like, oh, on it. And I'm just like, you can't just tell someone hack into an eyeball. I but he does that, and it actually says on the computer, hacked into Spectre's eyeball. Yeah, it's just it's, like, it's they had a good ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what else is there to say? Well, you know, one of the things I like about this is it actually ties into some emotional uh, weight to the movie that you actually care about, not just Bond the character and his love life, but other characters affected by this. Right. It actually totally works. Uh, one of the criticisms that I heard of the movie, which I, I have to admit I don't sign on with, is people thought that it went under a lot of rewrites in order to incorporate a COVID-esque sort of uh, bioweapon. I, I don't see it. I, I don't think it quite works that I way. I can, never I can understand that. it. I will never hear that again, and I'm happy with that. Yeah, it but, just uh, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think my most serious criticism of the movie, and I don't know, I, I, I don't know if that's not my thought. Let's see, because uh, I know Alex and I have very, very different tastes in music, but I think this is easily the worst Bond song I've ever heard. Oh, dude, don't watch Quantum of Solace, then. Well, okay, I'll try not to, but do, do, do I not was... listen to that Jack White Alicia Keys abomination. Like, oh, oh wait, I've heard, yeah. I've heard that song. Yeah. I, yeah. I've heard yeah, that yeah, song, I, and I, I'll, I'll I still think, you're, no, you're no, wrong. no, it's I, okay. I, that, that I, song I, is like actually offensive to listen to. But I don't know about offensive, but like the Billie Eilish one, it. Oh, let me tell you how I felt while I was listening to this Billie Eilish shit playing. It felt like Dino Spumoni singing "My Last Bow" and all the balloons are like falling from the ceiling. Yeah, I think that's what they were going for. Like, I, I don't care if they were going for it, man. I was just no, like, oh, this fucking I mean, blows. But then again, I have to admit, I, I like a different kind of Bond song than most people do. A lot of people, they may look for more exotic sort of themes or something. Maybe some of a bit of romance. So I have to admit, I like the excitement. I love Live and Let Die. That's what I'm going for. And Thunderball for some reason. Fucking Live and Let Die. That's the one you could have said that would have actually offended me. Because my favorite really? Bond I love song, that one. My favorite Bond song is, of course, A View to a Kill. Which, absolute banger. But, um, I haven't seen that yet. I'm so ready for it, though. I'm I, actually looking forward to watching the movie. It's not kill. great. Uh, I, I, think I, with the I Craig, just want to see Christopher Walken in it. <laughs> I think with the Craig movies, I mean, there's two good Bond songs, and that's the Chris Cornell song and the Adele song. They're both good. 
And I think yeah, there's I, two, I like the Adele one. I think there's like like the the Jack Black or Jack White and Alicia Keys song and the Sam Smith song are like not good to me. I thought this one was oh, like Sam whatever. Smith song. Jesus. Yeah, and yeah, that, that one was just cool. impressive. Like like I just got yeah. tired of hearing that. But uh, yeah, well, well no. the Skyfall one I like it because there's a bit of drama to it. Whereas the Billie Eilish one, it it just did absolutely nothing for me. Uh, but is the Quantum again, of Solace song better with Jack Black or Jack White? Uh, it can't be worse. Than Jack Black. Black. It can't be worse. Jack Black easily. <laughs> but uh, to uh, to say you know what I think the biggest problem with this movie is, God, well, Rami Malek just has nothing to do here. Like, what a boring villain. Like, I know it's yeah. Bond and, like there's a lot of boring villains, but like this guy's more boring than the guy that wanted to steal all the water in Bolivia in Quantum. Like he just <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Because like I know why he's a bad guy because. Spectre killed his parents or fucking whatever. Like, yeah, that's. But like, all of his characterization is like, I'm gonna steal this bioweapon and murder humans. And also, I really love plants, and it never comes up. He just has plants around all the time. Is like, yeah, I'm a big dude. Plant guy. You didn't poisons. tell him yeah. he lives on Poison Island. He does live on Poison <laughs> Island. That is accurate. Um, this movie sounds good, actually. It's yeah, I, dude. I, you should check it out, Parker. I know it's I know it's two forty five, but I, and, I would still and, recommend this one like, to you. It, Thankfully, it drags in the middle rather than the beginning or the end. So, like, once it starts dragging, you're already invested, and like, there it like crescendos yeah. back up. Um, yeah. Well, I got home Sunday night, and I was like, I can still make a showing. And then five minutes after I got home, the sky opened, and there were tornado warnings everywhere. Yeah. So I was like, right, I guess yeah. I'm not seeing this yet. Uh, yeah. I have a couple more thoughts on it, but Chris, if you have anything else, yeah. Go, no, no, no. Uh, go ahead. I'll maybe I'll bounce off whatever you say. Um. So. <clears throat> ah, excuse me. Um, one thing, anyway, I thought <laughs> <laughs> So, one, one thing Like, this is not a word that Frequently comes up on this podcast Especially coming out of my mouth But, uh Uh-oh. When you want to talk about representation in a movie I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was fighting through a bunch <laughs> When you want to talk about representation in a movie Like, this is like So It's so well done Because, like, you have an extremely diverse cast That were, like they, they, you know, pepper in, you know, the backstory. Because it's a James Bond movie. It's about James Bond. So, like, if there's a one-liner about Q having a guy over for dinner, it's not like a thing. It's not like fucking Jungle Cruise where the whole movie stops so the movie can tell right, yeah, that this character's right. gay. Like, and I just, I really appreciated, like, because they are trying to make James Bond something that's accessible to more than just white dudes, which is basically what it's been for 60 years. And right. this movie, like, did an incredible job of that. And, like... I don't know how much of it, I, like, was who that was involved. Like, I know they brought in Phoebe Waller-Bridge to do all those rewrites and stuff and, like, make it quote-unquote punchier, which I, I kind of felt because this is a really dour movie. And, like, when the jokes happen, you're like, oh, there's only a joke here because it's Bond, which I appreciated because, you know, I... You do need those. Literally yeah. all of these. But, uh... Yeah. Just really, really excellent execution on that front. To have a James Bond movie where it's like him and Ray Fiennes, like the only like white dudes that are around like the whole time, like. Well, that they had that one guy who looks like Dave Rubin. Oh yeah, uh, that guy. I, <laughs> that guy, like for like the first like thirty minutes of this movie, I was like, "Is that the guy that wipes his ass with the Constitution, Harold and Kumar too?" It's not, <laughs> but I thought about it. Like, I like that. Uh, I like that. Daniel Craig calls him the Book of Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great Bond line. Bond one line. It like, really is. Honestly, that fucking works, dude. Uh, 
I, I like the whole scene on Jamaica. The only thing I didn't like about his house is that it didn't look like it had any walls. I was like, well, what if it rains? I was very confused yeah, by how that house worked. When he was just, like, showering, I'm like, does he have a shower installed in a literal tree in the jungle? What the fuck is this? But also, oh, it's sounds like, great. As long as it has Wi-Fi. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were actually going to have Grace Jackson in this movie, but when she found out how small her part was, she was just like, nah, fuck this, and she left. So, I can understand that one. Thank you for uh, joining us. <laughs> Good to see you again, Grace. <laughs> Help yourself to this report. Uh, I like that uh, Miss Moneypenny got involved a lot. She seemed to actually care about what was going on. It was like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm with it. Like, I like this. And that's one thing, one thing that's been cool about the, the most recent three Craig movies at least is like they get the auxiliary cast more involved in like a way that it's like hey you you specifically are the only one that can do this one thing right now and they're like what mm-hmm. me but i'm not a field agent and then they do their thing and it's cool when it works and i love it um yeah the runtime no, you know for the most yeah, yeah no no do your thing chris <laughs> oh okay i was like for the most part i think the movie does genuinely work it it doesn't step up like an extra sort of level for me that uh, my two favorite Bond movies, Skyfall and From Russia with Love, do. Uh, but it's still so good at what it's set out to do that I still got to give it a lot of props because I like the idea that it's not just stop the bad guy from killing the world. Right. That's, that's too easy, right? The fact that they incorporate the love story and make it so believable. Well, we've had this guy who's so aloof with women in his past and didn't really pay them a tremendous amount of heed for him to really, really care about this woman. I, I think that actually, and the fact that it works so well, it's like I actually believe that this is going on. Uh, that goes a long way, especially in a movie like this, in a franchise like this. And it's it's a great bookend for the Craig movies because that's yes, that's yes. Royale, and uh, yeah, like yeah, the runtime's oppressive, and yeah, it's like really dour, and yeah, I'm not going to talk about the spoilers from this movie, which I did not know mm-hmm. existed when I walked in, but also like me neither, me neither. The, the, the knowledge that there are James Bond spoilers can only mean one of a few handful of things. I'm not going to talk right, about that, yeah. but like I thought that was yeah. like a it was a really effective touch in the movie when like you realize like at like the two hour mark you're like oh, fuck, they're really going to do this, aren't they? And, like, because, you know, you've seen a movie before. You know what's going on. Like, Well, more importantly, I've seen a James Bond movie exactly. before. And there's, like, one cardinal rule you don't do in this movie and other franchises like this movie. And they're just like, no, now's the time to pull that trigger. Yeah. And I'm glad that I saw it, and I'm glad I saw it in a theater. One of the other reasons I'm glad I saw it in a theater is, which, no offense to the patrons of the Alamo Draft House, but there's a lot of really stupid people who go there. If you're going to see a movie in a theater, it helps to have some pretty dumb people on, because, like, some people will not abide 100% by the don't talk during the movie thing. Some people will laugh at the at the worst jokes, and you need that, because it helps the movie out. And I'm, I'm dead serious about that. You, If you're laughing at the worst jokes of the movie, then that sort of aids the humor, because then you're sort of laughing at other people. <laughs> People's laughter. Yeah. One of my favorite ones. One of my favorite ones, though, is not laughter. It's it's that scene at the beginning where uh, the the it was in what Canada or something like that, and they're in the snow. I guess it's in Quebec, and uh, it's uh, uh, Rami Malik. Yeah, France, maybe. I don't. They show it on a map later. Uh, like you yeah. shouldn't have been. The assassin. The assassin shows up to the to the house in that no mask, right? And he just appears outside their window, almost like a slasher movie sort of thing. And people gasped when that happened. I was just like, are you, are you fucking serious? Maybe I'm desensitized. I've seen too many movies Great from the list. Movie. But I was like, as soon as I heard that, he's just there at the window. People were like, oh, look! I was just like, Fantastic. That. The other one is when they, 
they went up. The, the girl is uh, hiding upstairs from the killer, and there's a small TV upstairs that's playing uh, Wallace and Gromit. And I saw to my right someone pointed out with their hand at the screen like that, and all I could think about was the two soy face guys <laughs> pointing. Okay, I saw the movie. <laughs> so, so I I also had a moment uh, like that in the theater, which was. Um, I don't even think this is really spoilers to talk about, but, uh, uh, so, like, it's the same girl from, from Spectre is, like, but, like, it's five yeah. years in the future, and, like, yeah. you find out at, like, the hour 30 mark that she has a kid, and the kid has these most, like, the most vibrant blue eyes you've ever seen in your life. There's no way you'd ever cast this kid unless it was clearly supposed to be Daniel Craig's kid, and, mm-hmm. uh, like, the, the scene in which he is introduced to the kid, like, the, like, Lea Seydoux is, like, no, no, she's not yours. Don't worry, she's not yours. And some dude in the back of my theater yells, "You cheating, bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> and it's the only interaction that anybody in the theater had the entire three-hour oh, time. Oh man! And it destroyed me. Oh and shit! That is oh. that is a perfect segue to the last thing that I want to say about this movie because this is a James Bond movie where there is a child prominently involved, and it works. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it because like they they take the the most important rule of having a kid in your movie is keep the kid quiet. Like we don't want to hear from the kid all the time. Like the kids there, we we can look at a kid and know that they're scared. We can know that the kid is processing their surroundings. You don't need a kid crying or screaming or throwing a tantrum to make yeah. it work. And to go a step further, the child in this movie speaks exclusively in French. So it's never oppressively annoying. And yeah, like, we can't tell that this is a bad actress. Because she's speaking French. Like, how am I yeah, supposed to know if like, that sounds natural? Like, oh, that's a cute kid who's not saying a lot. I bet she's good yeah. at this. But most importantly, like, you know, she's like a less than five-year-old kid. So she's carrying a stuffed toy throughout the whole movie. And she speaks French. So she refers to her little stuffed rabbit as her doo-doo. Which is going to make Josh <laughs> laugh so incredibly hard when he sees this movie. I just want to give that kid a shout out for being quiet with all those shotguns and uh, miniguns and everything. The, I was just like, really? She hasn't said anything? I'm not complaining, but you know. I think the uh, like the biggest laugh the movie got out of me is when uh, like Remy Malik has the kid and is like walking out of his lair, and the kid bites him. And so he puts the kid down and looks at her and goes, well, if you don't want my protection, then then I guess I'm not going to give it to you. And the kid stares at him for a second and then just runs away doing that little kid shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> and he just shrugs his shoulders and moves on. Yeah. That's, really that was actually a really good bit. That was, that was actually set up really well. Like, this movie, uh, it has everything I want from a Bond movie. It's, yeah. I, I, Skyfall's my favorite craig movie casino royale is probably mm-hmm. my second yeah. favorite craig movie but this is like right there with them and if i'm doing yeah. like a top 10 of bond movies like those three are at worst in the top eight and uh i guess after seeing this i have to conclude that daniel craig has been our best james bond mm-hmm. I, I i don't know that i can comment that i need to see more bond movies he says knowing moonraker is right there Moonraker is Parker. also impressive. Boy, that, that's but, uh, in the near future, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I have. Uh, Alex, what else did you watch? I have one more thing to talk about. You know, I thought okay. long and hard about working on my assignments this week, and then somebody messaged me, and was like, "Dude, you have to watch this thing that I know you know about." But like, I know, like, you know, people know me; they know that I put things off. They're like, "No, no, no! You need to watch this immediately." So I'm staring directly into your eyes as I say. 
have you watched Unidentified with Demi Lovato yet? No, no. but please take the floor. Are you? Wait. From oh my the, god, I heard about this. Oh my god, I heard about this. this. What is, I don't know what this okay, is. Okay, so this is a Peacock original series Uh-oh. in which in. Demi Lovato, her sister, and her gay best friend investigate the paranormal. I heard, I heard bits about this, and it sounds magical, dude. This is maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. It's so good. Yes, <laughs> yes. So there are four episodes. For the sake of you and the listeners, I am only going to talk about the first two and leave the rest up to mystery. So episode one, we start off, and you know they're doing like the docu style interviews with the cast of just like you know why they decided to make the show, and they have Demi Lovato on camera, and basically. I mean, like, you've heard, like, Tom DeLonge's thing about aliens, like, the long spiel and, like, why he believes in all this stuff, right? Yeah, I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Well, they get Demi Lovato in front of the camera, and they ask her, like, why do you want to do this show about, you know, like, all these things in the unknown? And she's like, well, I went to Joshua Tree in 2019, and I thought I saw a UFO, and then that night I had a dream that aliens abducted me. And, like, what if it was real? So that is their (laughs) jumping-off point. Um, All right. Within the first... uh, Ten minutes. We've uh, we've learned that we are going to be calling them ETs and not aliens throughout the entire series yes. because aliens has That's a negative connotation now. Yeah. Oh God, you're right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we also get a bumper out of a commercial. You know, like when you're watching some show and like somebody that's on the show has been canceled and they put like the black and white text in like when you come out of commercial, it's just to say like, hey, like we know this happened, but out of respect to the other cast members, we're gonna air this. Right. Uh, so they did that for this show, not because someone was canceled, but because they wanted everyone to know that Demi identifies as non-binary now and didn't when they recorded the show. But out of respect to her, they're still going to release it. Um, so that that that's something Thank they you. felt the need to tell us on the show, which yeah, was Coach Gruden. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> D- dumbass Lovato. <laughs> Um, I'm so ready for him to join Barstool. So within 15 minutes, we've gone from, like, I wonder what's out there, maybe it's all real, to characters in their, like, confessional-style interviews going, oh my god, I can't believe all of it's real. Uh, They go out and they meet two guys from a podcast that are called The Pro Bros. The show goes out of its way to tell us, yes, they are, in fact, brothers. And uh, they go out in the middle of the fucking desert or whatever to set up their special recording equipment to look up at the sky and be like, yeah, maybe we're going to see something. And then they, they start, like, learning about all these people that have, you know, claimed to have been abducted and, like, their stories and stuff. So then the second half of the episode is them just visiting this woman who claims that she's been abducted, like, 20 times by aliens and... Like, they've made her have all of these alien hybrid children, and, like, she's seen it in her dreams and painted it, and, like, shows, like, these painted pictures of them, and the whole thing is played 1,000% straight. Just, like, these gossipy L.A. socialites, like, gasping and doing these shocked faces at this woman. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe there are hybrid alien children out there. That's so crazy. Like, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Parker, Parker, when you heard about the Pro Bros, did you immediately think of those two gay Sasquatch hunters? <laughs> I mostly wonder where the third pet boy went. <laughs> Rare pet boy, do not steal. <laughs> that was just for you, buddy. Um, I appreciate it. So our whole first episode is not are aliens out there it's aliens are definitely out there and let's talk to these insane people that have met them 
<laughs> they they have like the thing you know when you see like a documentary and they'll put some stat in like text on the screen for effect one of the stats that comes up in this movie is ufo sightings uh increased by 20 percent in 2020 like wow i wonder what everybody was doing last year that uh gave them so much extra time to look for ufos that's really crazy surely nobody who was locked in the house would think anything weird was going on ever that just be yeah so we get to our second episode so we've come out of this episode that's all about ets because i'm not going to use the a word on this podcast um thank you and uh it starts out with a demi in front of the camera and she's going you know i've heard my whole life about ghosts i wonder if ghosts and ets are related so they bring in the wraith chasers parker (laughs) tennessee (laughs) wraith chasers correct (laughs) oh my god so we go to an abandoned gold mining village in who the fuck knows where nevada in the middle of the night so it's the two wraith chasers and the three of them and they're like all right yeah here's the history of all these buildings you know like this one used to be the brothel and this one used to be the gold mine and this is where they kept the money and like if you go in this building this ghost like doesn't like men and this ghost doesn't like women so like they they branch off and demi and the gay friend and one of the wraith chasers go into the brothel and they're talking to this ghost lady named carmen and, like, there's this whole thing where she's just like, oh, you know, well, she's had trauma. She doesn't like it when other men are in the room. So they make the guy stand, like, ten feet out in the hallway so Demi Lovato could talk to the ghosts about how they both had trauma. And then she's like, are there any star people with us in the room tonight? Because, again, the whole thing is about tying ghosts and extraterrestrials together for reasons. And, you know, like, she's talking to the ghost, and they have, like, the little ghost speaker that, Parker, I'm sure you're adequately familiar with and like of course there are literally scenes where you can see the other characters like moving something in their hands when the box starts going off (laughs) (laughs) they don't even try to hide it it's incredible (laughs) then we cut over to the mine where the other wraith chaser and demi's sister are in there and they've got the special ghost detecting cameras Parker, you're, you remember remember when you were here and we watched the episode with the little baby dancing in the window? And it was just like the stick figure lines? I have thought about just like binging through hours of that show just to find that again. Oh, spoilers. That was such a magical moment that we shared. It's the same technology, but also it's representing alien ghosts that are ten feet tall. So Of course. Of, uh, you know. So, wait, actually, I gotta ask. Uh, Parker, you said these are Tennessee Wraith Chasers, so couldn't they just park their car in front of the ghost to make it not <laughs> you'd think so but just like like honestly the fucking gay best friend like might be an offensive stereotype like it's remember uh, this is now the second time i've talked about jungle cruise in this podcast but like remember when i was talking to you about the gayest man in all of merry old england in that movie this guy's like if you were like honestly if you were trying just going for it if, if like they decided to put a gay character in American Carol. This is what it would be. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh. Oh, no. <laughs> and the, I... Okay, I'm sorry. You keep talking. I'm just I know. starting a Peacock trial real uh, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure you can watch it for free <laughs> regardless. Yeah. Like, but... Oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like group therapy but with ghosts and ets like it's so 
fucking good, dude. You, this, like, like, I know a lot of this, times that we'll joke about, you know, uh, the second I turn this off, I'm gonna go watch this, but, like, literally, the second we're done recording, go watch this. Like, I wanna I'm talk text, to you about I'm this I'm texting all night. her as we speak. <laughs> it is one babe, of the babe. worst things I have ever seen in my life, but also one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And I can count the people I could recommend this to on one hand, and one of them is talking to me right now. So, does, you know. Does Tom Arnold also show up in these group therapy sessions <laughs> uh, we'll leave that to uh, episodes three and four buddy oh, i'm not saying there's definitely a boat but there might be a boat oh, fuck. of course there's a boat why wouldn't there be a boat yeah. Yeah, there might be et's out spooky there boat. exactly you wouldn't expect just them up the there fucking, just like right. yeah it, they get a real ass fucking native american medicine man to come out and like put like a, a ritual on them so the alien ghosts won't harm them it is <laughs> impeccable that's an episode of aqua teen hunger force actually go fuck I, that's like the first five minutes of episode two is they bring out a fucking shaman in a business suit <laughs> he, he dances around the fire and tells them all right the ghosts can't harm you now have fun white people look if i had any native american blood in me i would immediately move to la and just rent myself out to be like, oh yes, I'll come smudge your house for you, don't worry about it. <laughs> I would exploit all of these fucking idiots so quick. You know what, I could get a tan, let's go guys. <laughs> let's, we're gonna pivot. The second we we decide to become a ghost hunting podcast, like, I count me in, you oh know that God. already. That's the second the Patreon is up and running. <laughs> all. Are you gonna get any microphones? Oh no, we need, we need more EMP readers. <laughs> well, why should we donate to you guys? Well, you see, we managed to find Sasquatch, so uh, we're pretty good at this. <laughs> you know. uh, turns out uh, getting an RV to the Appalachians is very expensive. Why do we have to record up there? Uh, you figure it out. There's Better a, lot of, uh, a lot of ETs. <laughs> the seismic activity. <laughs> Man, that'd be a good the only movie review slash Bigfoot hunting podcast. <laughs> uh, we didn't find him this week, so I watched another movie from the list. <laughs> Bring a portable DVD player with us out up into like rural Kentucky as we look for Squatch. Uh, yeah, they lost their bags, uh, so this week uh, we watched Critters again. Still the only DVD we have in the DVD player. Uh, holds up pretty well. Yeah. Parker, what did you watch this week? Fucking nothing. I am... So miserable. All I want to do is watch movies. I hate being an adult and having to do things. Yep. Same. Also. All right. Well, in that. Sorry. Good. No, it's the only things I've watched are things on in the background with other people here that I've seen five times already. I have yeah. nothing new to add about the original Cloverfield that hasn't been said before. Right. Well, uh, yeah. talk about exit wounds. <laughs> Definitely fair. Well, let's talk about Exit Wounds. A uh, movie for which I have to admit, don't have a lot of notes, so you guys are going to have to... Let me, let we got let you me covered, me. buddy. Yeah. Don't you worry. Thank you. Appreciate it. So this has uh, DMX and Anthony Anderson and Steven Seagal. And also, I did not know, Bill Duke. So uh, oh, That's a big oh, surprise yeah. for this guy. Uh, a reason to lean forward on the old love seat when that happens. <laughs> it's like, hey, wait a second. He's gonna hear. He's here to class up the movie. So we have. I guess that's the vice president of the United States uh, giving a speech to about twenty-five people. Yep. Uh, which is the going rate for vice presidents these days. And he's talking about how guns are bad. Okay. And he 
walks away. I thought that this was going to be like one of those political things. Like, you know, Steven Seagal had like that global warming movie or something that he did. I thought he was going to do like one of those guns are bad sort of movies because he's more of like a kung fu guy and, you know, it would tie in to be like a political statement. But uh, no, there's a lot of guns in this movie. So uh, if this was a political statement against guns, it uh, didn't really work. Anyway, he leaves the, uh, the speech there and gets cut off on the freeway by... A helicopter with a smiley face on it that has domestic <laughs> terrorists in it. wonder whose helicopter that is, dude. Immediately, yeah. like, oh, this movie's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. It says, have a nice day on it and everything. You know, so. the Joker thinks it's a regular helicopter. Okay, all right. Well, you know what? We're really hard on this. So, yeah, a uh, bunch of shots fired and everything, and cop Steven Seagal decides... No, Mr. Vice President. Pause. Ditch those bum-ass uh, fucking... I need uh, you to say his name. Well, okay, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before I say his name... I have written be- down. Before I say his name, I just want to, you know... There, there's probably the acoustics in my room. Like, there's a lot of echoes. So it kind of sounded like they, they were calling him... What were they calling They were calling him... I, I wrote down Orin Boyd. That can't be right. Uh, they, they're not calling him Orin Boyd, right? Rate my fantasy team name. There's no way. We are not naming our go-kart Orin Boyd. I cannot believe that Steven Seagal is playing a character in this movie named Orin Boyd. That's worse than Lucifer. I'm sorry. It's close. It is. It is very, very close. Isn't David Orini the guy who made all those videos with skulls? Davis, Davis, or, Davis Orini. Okay, <laughs> the close enough. You, were cl- uh, you know what? It's actually impressive you forgot that. I don't know why that sticks to my ribs. Anyway, <laughs> Orin Boyd, who is a police officer, <laughs> uh, he says to the vice president, no, no, ditch those bum-ass secret service agents. You don't need them. Come with me. And the vice president's like, okay. And Warren Boyd proceeds to throw him off a bridge. <laughs> it's just he says, ah, he'll be safe in the water. Bullets can't reach down there. An incredible camera shot done by somebody who could only have been laying on the bridge. Which is fantastic because <laughs> as he falls into the water, you just hear him go, shit! I can't swim! <laughs> it's very powerful. Oh no, my glasses! <laughs> Boiling acid! <laughs> there are so many ADR jokes in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> None of them land. It's just like... So the shot is this guy getting yeeted off a bridge, and he's he's being dragged into a, a, a boat. He's looking up like, huh? And then... Is just you hear the snapshot of it for the front page of the New York Post, and uh, cut to uh, Orin Boyd in uh, <laughs> the sergeant's chair, and is like, "Gosh, give me your badge and your gun, boy. You're done. Throw the vice president off a bridge. That's too far." <laughs> this movie goes really quick, but it's so you don't think like, "Wait, why is he in trouble?" Oh, new scene. Well, never mind. I guess it's fine. I guess we'll get there. Yes, correct. It's like, ah, uh, the president's talking. Oh, he's throwing over the river. Hey, turn on your badge and gun. Now he's at therapy? Who's this lady? Is that Tom Arnold? And you're like, fuck, it's been a half hour. What yeah. happened? Yes. Where am I? comforting that we managed to get from point A to point B that smoothly. And by smoothly, I mean quickly, because it's not like there's a lot of jokes or plot points. Oh, oh boy. No, they really Correct. backload that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fun, because uh, movies need tension. And there's a lot of tension for the first 20 minutes. You're like... How is DMX going to enter this movie? <laughs> there at no point do I see a clean opening for DMX to appear. Yeah, he's just sort of 
Well, we'll get to him. But uh, anyway, now he's in the worst part of Detroit, the 15th precinct. <laughs> they pun- I've always said that. They punish yeah. the bad cop by sending him to the area where all the cops die. <laughs> like, what a cool yeah. <laughs> Do you think they do that in real life? Like, I kind of hope that... I mean, I kind of hope that they don't do that. I think that would be bad. So uh, she says she will not tolerate him killing all the domestic terrorists. That's rude. And uh, she, uh, so she sends him to an anger management class. This is where we meet our favorite character in the movie, Tom Arnold, here to class it up. I know you told me he was in this, <laughs> but it still, it still hit me like a gunshot. When he it's like before he, up. before he does the screeching terror thing, it goes to the front of the class just to riff, baby. As soon as you see his face, you're like, uh-oh. And you just know something's coming. And... Holy shit, he sucks so hard. It's, <laughs> it really is the gif of Jerry Seinfeld just standing up in the theater. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible because you can tell that the scene was like written to be like improv club, but instead they're stuck with anger management class because they couldn't fit improv club into the, into the script. So <laughs> it's just fucking people doing bits. And like Steven Seagal is too big for his child's desk and he gets mad and Hulk smashes it. Like it's just so good. <clears throat> and he just gets up and says, good bit. I don't have an anger problem. I have an idiot problem. And they're just like, wasn't that from King of the Hill? What are you doing? Mixing jokes? I'm out. Bart Simpson t shirt. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He just, he just fucking leaves. He fucking storms yeah. out of anger management. And Tom Arnold calls him because he's so cool. And then they witness... Don't make me get my flying monkeys. And then they witness a drug deal between, on one side, DMX and Anthony Anderson. And on the other side... Oh, this... That other guy. Yeah. Let's talk about the introduction to DMX and also Anthony Anderson. They have the classic routine where you annoy the car salesman. <laughs> Did Michael Bay ghost direct this scene? Because holy <laughs> shit, this is the most bad boys adjacent thing I've oh, ever yeah. seen. Yeah, you know what gets me about this is that I've seen a way better stealing the car from the car salesman bit with Bill Duke. It's called Commando. That's, that was like one of the best scenes in Commando. Bill Duke is like, you know what I like best about it? The price. And just drives away. That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> This is just Anthony Anderson is just like riff. Come on, stretch, stretch. We need more. Okay, this has to be at least an hour forty. For some reason, <sighs> I've been thinking a lot about Commando watching this because that's like my go-to for. Oh, this is the giant Austrian man. What's his name? Uh, John Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> this is the polar opposite of you. Look at Steven Seagal's dumpy ass pouring out of his jeans like. Oh, this is my son, Oren. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Who of, did you write this for? Of all people to name a kid after, you really want to name him after Oren Hatch? Of all people, man. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what gets me about this is that I... Who did he name him after? Is there anyone else on the face of the earth who goes by Oren? Well, do not tell me the na- director's nationality. I do not care. The guy that they named the Blind Forest after, dude. I, we'll cut that. Fuck. Anyway, yeah. uh, so no. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I dropped my phone. When you said <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I left a bad taste in my mouth. So Anthony That's Anderson's in this movie, and boy, last time we saw him was in Australia. Uh, we. That's all I can think about. Yeah. We. <laughs> Some of us I mean, definitely the royal watched Cradle of the Grave more recently than that movie. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, I should have watched uh, Cradle to the Grave again. God yeah. damn it. Anyway, uh, apparently, what's, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Matt Montini is the guy's name? Sure. He's uh, one who used to have been... Yeah, he's that other black guy. No, the other one who's working to try to get DMX and Anthony Anderson, uh, but he ruined the sting, and so uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal beating the shit out of an yeah. undercover cop. Great scene, yeah. <laughs> just it, as a friend. Yes. Yep. Yeah, oh wait, no, wait. This so isn't DMX the, this is the is other. Turtleneck. Wait, this isn't the other black guy. I should have realized Matt Montini. He's the extremely Italian cop who likes what, to hold away, underground. Yeah, he has to hold <laughs> underground uh, taser contests in the locker room. <laughs> I, I will. I will say, having seen a lot of these like cop adjacent movies that are supposed to be funny at this point, like the scene where the cops are in the locker room, like doing some sort of cop behavior to each other to see who's the toughest, gets me every time. <laughs> Show me cops tasing each other. Show me cops pepper spraying each other. Show me cops hitting each other with their nightsticks. Like, it's funny every time. Like, So, I, one of my favorite I ones... I love the giant white cop who, every time he's on screen, the camera's filming him from, like, this weird angle, like yeah. the fucking kaiju it's movie. Just, Parker, make him look wait, wait, Parker. Tall. Parker, why did you call him the weird cop? Why didn't you call him by his name? Do you know that character's name? No. I would love for you to tell me, because I just wrote down, was Henry Rollins busy every time he was on screen? His, the character's name is, in fact, Usseldinger. That is correct. Go fuck yep. yourself. <laughs> this movie's so the good. Most... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, I'm making that up. His name is Detective Usseldinger. <laughs> the most guns don't kill people, I kill people character of all time, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> that shirt's over there, too. <laughs> looks like he's about to beat Eric Roberts to death in a fucking steel cage. He's just filled like a fucking guy in a rubber suit just walking around tasing people. Fucking alternate he's for the so Germans cool. beer fest. Absolutely. He is Brackus. Thank you. So Brackus Usseldinger. Oh my god, that's a Discord name. So All I want to do is talk for an hour about DMX's introduction. Which is him in that giant turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh Come, my coming God. out to a DMX song. Which, man, a lot of DMX on this soundtrack. Yeah, it is. Want. It's like, you know, hey guys, we actually got him. He said it's okay for us to play this. He said it's okay for us to say it. <laughs> this motherfucker is dressed like Thelma. It's unreal. <laughs> he is. <laughs> And then in the fucking car scene, he goes for the most Hot Wheels ass car I've ever seen. In my I life. love it, dude. No that one would ever good. drive that. And certainly not in Detroit. You wouldn't drive it. <laughs> oh Jesus! So just, uh, what is it? Anthony uh, Anderson came on screen in one line, and I was like, "No, we don't need this. This is him and Tom Arnold cannot occupy the same space like this. This is illegal." Yeah. And so. Yeah, they figure out that, uh, what was it, $5 million worth of heroin was stolen from the evidence oh, this store. this is after like, okay, Sergeant Michael Jai White shows up to, uh... Yes, this is after Sergeant Michael Jai White shows you up. Who, by the way... doing the soy face <laughs> point on the screen. Right, this yeah. This guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad he was in there again, classing things up. So it's like, yeah, $5,000 of heroin is missing. Where could it possibly be? Well, in t-shirts. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> literally. Wait, hang on. I'm so sorry that we keep jumping around, but can we discuss how Michael Jai White is introduced? Absolutely. Which is in the tasing scene, where, of course, uh, Steven Seagal is so tough getting tased on the highest setting. 
he's able to just shake it off, and they start to get in a fight. Uh, Brackus, Brackus McRace's <laughs> name, goes to throw a punch, <laughs> cocks his arm back, and a shirtless Michael Jai White just fucking interlocks his bicep into his to block it. And they just and, stand uh, there, arms locked, shirtless, staring like, I don't think so. Now, it's Parker, so what does good. what does Michael Jai White say to him? He says, the bad guys, he says, the bad guys are out there, not in here. <laughs> Immediately cue cops stealing a bunch of heroin from evidence. <laughs> right. <laughs> This Reno nine one one ass operation these cops are doing. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Steven Seagal, sorry, Detective Oren Boyd, thank you, and his new partner. Uh, it's a guy. Oh God, who's I just by, watched this last night and I forgot he had a partner. Yep. Yeah, he was. He was. Like, Here's your new partner. I don't need a partner. It's like too bad. Well, and he's working with Isaiah Washington. It's like, okay, let's go look for Anthony Anderson and DMX. And they're like, we don't have anything on this guy. What the fuck is going on here? Well, it turns out that Martini and Usseldinger have, uh, they're working <laughs> in cahoots with him. And uh, they, uh, they're, they're like meeting in cars and, you know, DMX is putting a gun to Mar- Martini's head or stuff like that. There is one scene where like Isaiah Washington like has him dead rights with a gun and they're like fighting and uh, DMX is doing kung fu moves. So apparently... I think DMX must have gone up to his agent and should have said, like, hey, man, if I'm going to be in this movie, I have to have the same level of badassness as Steven Seagal, brah. And uh, the agent is just like, okay, I don't know how Steve's going to take that. So, um... You don't have to tell Not well, is my guess. That's very true. Um, He's not going to go to the... Anyway. You're fine. Yeah. So, so t- as it turns out, DMX is uh, not actually a drug dealer. He's a computer expert and billionaire. <laughs> whose God. real I... name is Leon Rollins. Chris, how did he get his billions? Uh, how did he get his billions? I fucking invented like a search engine. <laughs> There's so many. Oh my god! There's so many late '90s desktop computers in this fucking movie because DMX. Oh my god, you're right. Is like a fucking computer programming genius who is also a hacker. It's unbelievably cool. Oh right, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, and he's stealing all the heroin so that he can get his brother out of jail or something. I, I don't know. It's I remember use a billions with the search engines. What I would do. I did not remember that DMX is catfishing cops and exposing them on the <laughs> 2001 internet. I had forgotten that that was his whole thing. Was making money creating a fucking Yahoo website. This is where the <laughs> things get like fucking complicated. Because like you think it's like, oh, just use your billions from the search engine to just like bail him out of prison and hire like a really good lawyer and you can like defend him. No, 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 no. There are these dirty cops, Martini and Usseldinger, and they need a fall guy uh, because there is a bad deal or something like that. And so they pinned it on uh, DMX's brother. And, uh, yeah, yeah. so it's like, oh, if we make them happy, then they'll let me out of prison or something like that. Uh, By the way, Michael Jai White's uh, character name is Louis Strutt. That's a good name. Yeah. Anyway, he's uh, one of the that bad guys. That would fit in Black he's, Dynamite so yeah, well. Actually, he's he's up there with Martini and Usseldinger, Detective Usseldinger. Uh, anyway, uh, Eva Mendez, who's overdubbed by someone else, uh, because 
Uh, yeah. Apparently, she was uh, overdubbed with an unidentified actress who's uncredited and without her prior knowledge because the producers felt Mendez didn't sound intelligent enough. Wow. I wonder why that was. <laughs> because Rick and Morty hadn't been invented yet. She couldn't watch it. <laughs> no, I forgot. So, uh... Anyway, they've been uh, videotaping uh, the the dirty cops, and it's like, oh, we will get him out of jail this way. You think if they had, if they were cops, they could just turn him in and just like finger the bad cops, not in a sexual way, and like get him out that way. But uh, the movie needs to be at least a hundred minutes, so you know. Anyway, uh, Detective Warren just, Boyd. It just good. keeps introducing characters, and at some point, you're like, okay, we got enough. I don't need more cops. I don't right, need a partner. Yeah. I don't need this guy's brother. Like, let's let's get it. Let's get to a new scene. Is that Tom Arnold again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He keeps coming back. Like, this scene... Okay, I don't even understand the scene. It's a scene right after the fucking uh, anger management class. <clears throat> and he leaves. Steven Seagal leaves that. And he's confronted by a couple of uh, Asians staying outside his car. And they're just kind of being mean to him. And uh, they get into a big old fight. Meanwhile... Tom Arnold's in the back, kind of like one of those guys in the new Space Jam movie, just going, yeah! Yeah, <laughs> like that. And, uh, meanwhile, Steven Seagal is beating the shit out of him as they, like, it's just like the lamest fight I... scene I've ever seen from Steven Seagal. That's saying a lot. Like, he's just running away from kicks and shit. Yes. Cut to the part where, like, he kicks a guy and lands on one hand, does a one-handed push-up back up to standing. I'm like, okay, come it's... on. I what love... industrial strength wire did you have to CGI out of that? <laughs> I love that when he tosses someone, it goes in slow motion. And then every other act of any sort of physical effort is someone who is clearly 30 pounds lighter <laughs> yeah. wearing the same jacket. It's just so it lame because... the worst stunt double I've ever seen. It's just like the shittiest thing in the world, these American fight scenes. I've talked about it a lot, is that the Chinese are so much better at filming fight scenes, partially because they had like Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and all that shit. Like... They know how to make a continuous fight and how to make it look good and use, like, real stunt work and everything. This will be like, they're fighting. Cut to, like, a slow motion zoom in of someone pulling out a knife. Don't do that. It, it breaks up the flow. It looks fucking dumb. I don't, I don't want or need that. Anyway, uh, the club scene, which is approximately uh, 110% of the movie... Uh, they're in there, and Anthony Anderson is just riffing, baby. He sees some sexy-ass hoes, damn it. And he wants them to paint each other with body. I don't know. It's fucking... This scene is interminable. Uh, so the next scene, I got nothing here. No, no. <laughs> the reveal was, oh, wow. Yes, someone brought me food, oh, okay. and uh, it is delicious. And I got nothing? You don't want to share with the class? What the fuck is this? Absolutely not. The reveal of like, oh wow, there's these two naked women. Look at these big fucking tits. I wonder who's under them. And they lean back to reveal Tom Arnold sitting on the chair. <laughs> I, they I've never been angrier in my life. <laughs> no, I feel so bad for someone. Should really send them like an apology card or something. Sorry, you had to be that close to him. <laughs> He's just talking about Roseanne to them every time between takes. You fucking yeah. know it. They are yeah. in hell. Yeah. Ugh. This movie's good. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. We're really like not This movie rules because every hand to hand scene is one of the worst I've ever seen, but every car chase has four car explosions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, like the that car chase is on. With the helicopters, those cars are flipping every which goddamn way. Yeah. And then you get slow motion hip tosses by a 50 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> this movie owns. He's just doing the whole flip flop flu sort of thing where people don't even touch him. Hey, I paid you to fall down. You know, that sort of thing. 
By the way, when you search exit wounds on YouTube, like the first five results are either the trailer or the scene of DMX buying a car. <laughs> and then you scroll down and then you find like the nightclub fight scene. And that's it. Oh, good. <laughs> My favorite. That, that, we did not do that car sales ju- scene enough justice. It is so <sighs> offensively stupid. It goes on for so long. It just keeps going. <laughs> you see this black guy is talking all proper like, but he's getting flustered at the two other rich black guys. Um, you know, um, and then, uh, and then, um, and then they drive off and give the white guy the money. And then he, uh, <laughs> it is, it's impossible to talk about without sounding racist. Yeah. I don't know who wrote it, but thank oh, you, Mr. Bay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Hey Parker, uh, if you want, I can give you another opportunity to, uh, to tell me, uh, to, to assign me a movie. Could you spell the name of the director? Absolutely not. I saw it yesterday. Not with uh, a gun to my head. As it turns out, same director as Cradle to the Grave. So, uh, oh, you don't yeah. say? Yeah, no kidding. Also, same director as Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. So, uh, he's got it on next week's career. episode. He's got an all-timer. Romeo Mustang. Like, everything on there um, is so good. Yeah. Something that we probably watch. Going from banger second unit work to like, yeah, what if I just made Romeo Must Die? Yeah. You're like, yeah, good call, man. Yeah. Well, uh... Okay, now play the sound of Harold. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> all right, class, settle. I know you're all excited about the last year of school, but get ready for even more exciting news. Is it that I can do this? <laughs> that is pretty exciting news, though, to be fair. <laughs> that should have been the Bond theme. <laughs> I'm going to start peppering it in when we get sidetracked. <laughs> I'm run out of stuff to say. I'm just gonna cut it down to <laughs> And then uh wait, where did we cover this scene? Okay, so uh he's on the motorcycle now. <laughs> I really thought like the hootspin was gonna be our interrupted music. Either that or this. <laughs> no, no more. Okay, I just well. want him jamming his hands Oh my god. And also in the movie, True or False, he eats an entire, like, tray of cold cuts. Obviously, true. Uh, movie or me, as soon as we're done. <laughs> god, I could go for some cold cuts. Okay, so, uh, I don't have a whole lot of notes here, but I have to admit, I did laugh at the scene where DMX is running away from uh, Isaiah Washington. He jumps over that dumpster, and Anthony Anderson just, like, face plants into it. <laughs> Always a good bit. Oh, almost good... immediately ruined by him going, ah, god damn, I can't, I can't climb over. It's too tall. I'm like, yeah, we got it. Okay, <laughs> thank you. I got but it. The one thing that I want to talk about in the scene is when the cop fucking throws, like, the money die packs at DMX and they explode, like, temporarily blinding him. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the, he's got the yeah. Dave Chappelle white face. <laughs> oh, I, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I've watched a lot of, you know, robbery and heist movies and stuff it's like why does nobody ever use the die packs offensively so seeing that made me very happy because uh you know it's just like i mean that's what i would do like if i'm running from the cops and all i have are these like stacks of money that are unusable because there's explosive die in them i'm gonna throw the explosive die at people like why wouldn't i yeah dave chappelle (laughs) it does dude it was like a dead ringer for him it's very mature rondell <laughs> the look at him looking so like disappointed and ashamed and embarrassed when Charlie Murphy calls him Cordy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look out. It's a good sign for a movie, no matter how good or bad. When I have a note that just says, another car chase. <laughs> right, you're, yeah. You're playing with house Absolutely. money there. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot this is the scene where the fucking lady's driving him. And he bails out, and she crashes, and that fucking ragdoll in that seat hits the <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so hard! That, that She fucking, fucking leaves an impression of her face in the windshield like the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> <laughs> it's got her eyelids in there and everything. The cut of her coming at the screen like a fucking 3D movie from the 80s, and then the cut to the side shot of what is... Clearly, a sandbag just flopping <laughs> in the air. <laughs> it's incredibly good. And he bails out. That wreck happens. And he's just like, damn. And then he just hops on a cool guy motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. I love Seagal in this movie because there's at least a dozen scenes where I said out loud, man, I thought something real cool was going to happen there. And then it <laughs> never, ever does. It's always like, oh shit, here it comes. And he just kind of like hops over the dumpster. Yep. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's the thing. Yeah. Well, any anyway, DMX and Steven Seagal are on board. Team up. They are both now good guys, and they're also working with Police Chief Bill Duke, who, like saying that one, feels good to me. Um, Usseldinger is here, and he uh, he shoots he shoots our good friend Oren. He's going to shoot him again. But uh, then Isaiah Washington shoots Usseldinger. He doesn't come back. So goodbye to Brackus. There uh, were like four triple crosses oh, in yeah. like a two minute stretch in this movie. Yeah. And I could not be bothered to keep track of who How was on whose side. So he had that one guy, Bruce McGill or whatever. He looks like every single police chief in history. And uh, Bill Duke just kills him with a shotgun by shooting him <laughs> yeah, four fucking times. <laughs> sends him straight to hell. Yeah. How many fucking people well, get impaled during the climax of this movie? Dude, it's like uh, a back to back at the end of the movie. <laughs> well, it's definitely <laughs> Martini. Yeah, fucking who does it to him? What was it? I'm trying to think of. Look, uh, Steven Seagal, Michael Jai White sword fight. We're talking minimum three stars. Absolutely, this movie, you know? like you gotta give it. Yeah, that's how you. That's how you end the movie. And yeah. then they jump on a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. It's DMX. He stabs uh, Martini in the leg with that broken glass, and then he impales his neck on the closer end. <laughs> Which, uh, That's right. it's really good. And, and and then Michael Jai White is impaled in the metal pipe when uh, he, I guess he falls off the roof or something. He gets thrown off the helicopter. Yeah. Oh, ah! stabbing, <laughs> stabbing the dude in the throat in slow motion, and they just set off the sprinkler, so the water's coming out in slow motion while he stabs the dude in the neck. Good movie. Good movie, you guys. So this is one of my other favorite parts here. I guess we've talked about enough that I want to get to the ending here. So oh, they've killed God. the bad guys. They kill the bad guys, right? And uh, DMX, he gives uh, Bill Duke that videotape that proves that, hey, here's this corruption, and this will prove my brother's innocence. And Bill Duke says, uh, oh, courts won't care about this. So he just releases him from custody anyway. <laughs> just throws him in the trash. Yeah. Just, no, just, thank you. This is all for nothing. I could have just done this at any time. And uh, David Seagal's like, is like, yeah, I think I'm going to stay in the 15th precinct. Great. And uh, let's talk about the end credits. Dude, this movie goes from like, wow, that was abrupt. I guess it's over to, please God, why won't it cut away? How long is this? Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson take just riff to biblical levels. This is something where like, 
Remember when Jesus went to Gethsemane and he's he's like he's crying before the Lord, please, Lord, let it be done into your hands. Yeah, it's like these two guys who keep falling asleep. What if they were doing this instead? Like God would have absolutely crucified those guys instead. You know, Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson. References. Yeah, it has. I am a broken Christian. Like God is just like no more of this shit. Like you two cannot be near each other. I gotta salt the fucking earth, dude. I can't. What? Well, say there's a biblical yeah, one for it. So, like Anthony Anderson and Talbardle, two years later working together on Cradle to the Grave. I can only imagine how that went between scenes. They are just riffing about beating it. You know, and isn't it great? You know, oh, you gotta love them fat bitches. It's a this is before nine eleven format too. So it's like the whole thing. It's not like they're yeah. just standing around the parking lot like telling jokes to each other. It's like, hey, you guys go riff on camera in front of a live studio audience, like. Could you imagine living in this fake universe and being the producer of the Tom Arnold Anthony Anderson talk show? Dude, I I felt my anxiety spiking in real time. The longer and longer it went, like more names on those credits just kept trickling my like <laughs> fucking director of photography. Like, what do we? How long longer can they talk about fat bitches? It's and gotta be over. They just keep bombing over and over and over again. There's no pause. Nothing. Did you? I don't know if you guys saw this. This is one of those like. Uh, I think it was like an Instagram video or something like that where a bunch of guys get together. It's like, oh, girls, what are boys are you? He's probably cheating on me. All the guys are getting together, and it's the make each other laugh uh, game. If you laugh, you lose sort of thing. And they're just making it sound like, <laughs> like that the entire time to make each other laugh. I lose. Oh, you lose. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently, like, that shit is funnier than them just talking about, oh, yeah, I get a little astroglide, get like a damn towel, one side dry, one side wet, and then I wipe my ass at the end of it. Like... Wow, dude, I didn't actually want to think about that, so I'll take the guy just going, Neep! the Antarctic to make me laugh. Damn it, that worked. Uh, Endless. Endless. Yeah. yeah, this, it just keeps going. Oh, well, yeah. I hope we did it justice. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, pretty solid. Oh my god, I just looked it up. A guy died making this. One of their stuntmen died of a head injury. It's those fat bitches. As we, as we all. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh... <laughs> so I say, as we all nervously think, like, who's gonna. And you just fucking. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Let's get into the game of games. All right. So you guys want the good news first or the bad news? Uh, Whatever makes it play out better. Okay, well, uh, let's go with... um, We'll do good news first and then bad news. I'm good with that. Uh, So, Mm. the records for this week... uh, Chris's teams were six and five. My teams were six and five, and Parker's teams were four okay. and six. Now you guys remember how ties work, right? <laughs> oh boy. Um, Chris, you wanna you wanna be the the one that assigns the naughty movie to him or the nice movie? I uh, I want to assign the naughty movie to him. This is one that actually my sister requested that I assign okay. to him. I so. will great. I, had, I will let you go first. Th- not only did my sister request that I assign this to you, but she requested that I assign this to you because Dad assigned it to her. <laughs> uh, 
She wanted to watch something else, and Dad was like, no, we're watching Shocker. So I guess, Parker. Oh, been, been there, buddy. Oh, you've already seen it. Oh, no. That uh, movie is insanely re- fucking stupid. Oh, shit. Uh, I... It is almost an episode. <laughs> oh wait! It is. Oh man, this actually it is hard to describe. Oh man, that kind of fucked me in the ass. Okay, uh, Alex, how about you assign him a movie, and I'll I'll figure something out for him. Are you proud of the restraint I use? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yeah. All right, I gotta give him the nice movie. All right, let's let's take a look here. Uh, if, if you give him whatever you want, I can figure something out. Look here. Um, what have I seen recently that Parker would appreciate? You don't have to sign me, Demi Lovato. I, I, I'm well aware. Right. Yeah. yeah don't yeah. don't waste your pick. <laughs> Man, we talked about a lot of these movies. I want to give him something fresh and novel. All right. You know what, Parker? I'm gonna give you American Ninja Two. Oh hell yeah! I'm gonna watch that with American Shower. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep the karate pumping. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, shit. Oh my goodness, Sam Parker. Uh, let's look at movies I dislike. God, it knows <laughs> that your dad has seen Shocker. That movie's <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he put that on. Oh, you've already seen Tank Girl. <laughs> Starring Peter Burke. Oh, wait. Actually, oh, I've got one. <laughs> Parker, I want you to watch Dune, the 1984 version. Oh, god damn it. I've been avoiding that one. <laughs> I oh so here's the here's the uh, Count of Monte Cristo S twist here. I kind of have a soft spot for the 1984 version of Dune. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll appreciate it because it looks like a fucking nightmare. It's is, that goes a long way. Well, I'll tell you this: this was not the antidote to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away? The, yeah, well, ugh, the hair mostly. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, you got a uh, Dune, the good version. All right. All right. See, see, like, All like right. we said, good news. Um, yeah. So we can go ahead and uh, figure out who our new teams are going to be for next week. Oh, that uh, the other part of the good news is that Parker had the Roland Emmerich space, so he used to watch Roland Emmerich movie too. God damn it! Oh, it'd be a real shame if you decided to just watch the Patriot. But uh, uh, I don't have three hours for that movie. All right. Yeah. yeah so Parker, hours. what would you like to change the Roland Emmerich space to? Uh, we're gonna just keep on. You know, this vibe we're going on, make it the Gerard Butler Gerard space. Gerard Butler. I might be out of these, but... <laughs> uh, if you guys can uh, go ahead and open the spreadsheet so you see the teams. Uh, uno momento. Yeah. Our favor. Here we go. Alright. So, uh, it's, uh... Chris and I will each throw in one of our own teams to start. So I'm, uh... I'm gonna go ahead and get these dog shit Patriots out of here. Absolute worthless <laughs> fucking football team. So, yeah, we're gonna get fucked apart by America's team, so it's okay. My boys. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, they play the Eagles now. Yeah. Okay, I get to get rid of one of my own. Well, how about we get rid of the Jags? The Jags are free. All right, now we can each get rid of one of Parker's. Oh, no, let's see. Um, Max punishment, buddy. Yeah. 
Tell you what, I really like the Thanks way those. Lot, Roland Emmerich. I really like the way those Buccaneers play. All right, the Buccaneers are in the pool, and uh, they just play the game the right way. And uh, I, I need to get rid of this team now that they finally found their quarterback. So I'm gonna throw the Seahawks into the pool as well. <laughs> All right, so now what do we got? Uh, Geno Smith becoming the passing leader for that whole draft class is so fucking good. All right. Dude, Josh is just so vindicated right now. I love him. Alright, so I will throw in one of Chris's and Chris will throw in one of mine. No, I already know. I'm throwing in the Lions for you, dude. Let's get those Lions in there. Yeah, thank you. I was trying so hard for that not to happen. Alright, let's let's get rid of Alex's Bills. My Bills? Oh no. And uh, how many we got here? Seven? We need two more? Alright, Chris and I can each pick one more of our own. Because I forget how this works. Oh. Uh... You know they're doing so well, but uh, let's let's make things interesting by throwing in a good team for a change. My Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I will also be throwing in a very good team, the uh, the Cats of the Carolinas. My Panthers are in the pool. Now, give me one second to do up this prize wheel, and then I will. Oh my God, the tacos are almost ready, you guys. What's that? <laughs> We're go. The tacos are almost ready. He's just staring at the door. She crept in and made me sample the meat. I'm so so excited. Uh, I'm going to eat and fall asleep in 15 minutes and wake up with the worst shit of my life. I'm so excited, you guys. I'm just gonna spin in order because there's three this there's three for each of us this week so uh uh, oh my god the fucking noise was delayed it startled the shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) i was like i tabbed away before it popped up i was like what the fuck is that Oh, I should do these at the bottom, huh? Yeah, let me go ahead and do that. No, fuck. There we go. <laughs> Wait, what? That was the. Oh, yeah. Right. Parker got those team. I know, I'm disappointed too. I don't want the Patriots back. God damn it. Surely they won't lose to a last second field goal third week in a row. (laughs) That's impossible. No way to prevent those. Scoop! Oh my God, there it is. <laughs> they actually went for two. They're gonna win this. Oh no! I knew immediately. French I vanilla, Rocky Road. I knew exactly. What was like, happening. They went for two. They got it. I went to the kitchen, filled up my cup, and came back. And the Vikings were in field goal position. I was fucking crying. <laughs> Poor Rick. I do appreciate when somebody enters the. You know what? I'm not even mad stage. Yeah, because like at this point, like what? It's like, what can you dude, you're the most mad person I've ever met in my life. 
50-50. Which one am I going to get? It's like, it's not even mad. I'm just surprised at this point. <laughs> wow, I have a lot of cats. Alright, so uh, the results of the game of games wheel spins are that uh, Chris now owns the Seahawks, Panthers, and Bills. That's pretty good. Parker owns the Lions, Jaguars, and Buccaneers. That's less good. Great. And and I have bit. the Patriots, the Eagles, and the Gerard Butler space. Uh, so, as previously mentioned, there is also bad news. And that bad news is that the uh, the firing of John Gruden bumped the, the fastest three minutes in football from the Monday night game. So, oh. in lieu of that, I'm going to offer Fuck. the person who currently owns the Raiders a choice. And that is Parker. Oh my god. Uh, Parker, you can either have three Dragon Balls or assign both me and Chris a movie. Like, we, you can pick different movies. Oh, oh Dragon, Dragan Dragan Balls, that's free All real right. estate. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna pocket those. Because I already owe my good friend Chris a movie for our little hand. <laughs> that's correct, yeah, you do. Well, uh, in that case, there are there's no further action during the, uh, the fastest three minutes of rolling dice, because, uh, Unfortunately, <laughs> the coward John Gruden just couldn't keep his thoughts to himself. So, uh, Parker gets some Dragon Balls. God, it's so much. It's so much funnier that this all happened with the Washington <laughs> owner. Like, of course. Obviously, Parker, you got a movie for me? Emailing this old man. Oh, I do. What is it? I think it's still on the list. It's called The Hidden from 1987, all in right. which random ass small town people, like just normal people, just start turning violent out of nowhere. So a cop goes in to investigate with an FBI agent played by Kyle MacLachlan. Enjoy, friend. <laughs> oh my goodness! I I gotta it's give I gotta give that one the the hootspin. It, yeah, dude, it's real good. <laughs> Fucking love Kyle MacLachlan. Well, he's gonna be in Dune, so <clears throat> he sure is. <laughs> all right. Well, God, I'm so fucking hyped. That's for Dune. all I've got this week. Thanks for nothing, ESPN. <laughs> Cowards. God, didn't they just, like, the other night have all of the talking heads and be like, I think he's a good guy. Like, this is out of context. And it's like, all right, well, here's... Everyone right. except for Randy Moss, who's just like, what are, what are we doing, guys? What is this? <laughs> we'll have to pretend to like this goofy guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Fuck him. All right, well... Uh, Spider 2 Y banana, he can't be racist? Fuck you. <laughs> That's the tea, sis.